Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're doing well on a Monday. And we had GaryCon last weekend. I hope everybody who attended had fun, got all the games in they wanted, met all the old friends and some new ones, and generally had a good time. On to the next one. So, I hope you're all doing well. I've been thinking about this. I've kind of reevaluated my performance as Game Master for my group. And I'm thinking that I may have gotten a little sloppy. Now, that happens. If you've been running a group for any length of time, it may get to you after a while. You may get burned out. That's the point where you hand the reins over to someone else and play for a while. That would be nice. Or take a break or something like that. But I... You tend to get a little laissez-faire with things. I found myself kind of glossing over things I shouldn't have glossed over. And I've actually missed some plot points at certain places that I wanted the PCs to know about, but I forgot about. I've at least one or two encounters, and I'm going, okay, I want them to have this encounter to get this. I mean, it's not like I didn't make up for it. You know, I could. I, the way I work things is, if I, I, that's why I have a a framework more than a plot because how I do things is, if they can't get information one way, I'll get it to them another. And I try for the real, real important plot points. I try not to have a role associated with it, like make a perception role or make an intelligence role. Or something like that. A lot of times you should do that. Because, you know, they have to work for it. That's the whole point of playing. I'm not going to hand them everything. But at the same time, it's it's information shuffling. What To me, game mastering is information shuffling. Because there's a plot there. And I want them to pursue it the way they pursue it. I'm not... This is This is why I don't like railroads. Because there's a plot there, or maybe there's, a, there's there should always be a plot there. There should always be something going on. Don't ever have people in a sandbox or out just wander around and just get into encounters. That's boring. Have something going on. You know what I'm saying? You got to have something going on. It doesn't have to be elaborate, world-shaking plot, but something. So... There's information involved with that and backstory and things like that. And my stories tend to evolve. I have a basic plot, but they tend to evolve organically. I will come up with an A, a start point, and a Z, an end point sometimes, and why A and Z are happening. But I want the information and revelations to happen in the story. And I want the player characters to find those revelations. I want them to develop the story along with... That's the whole point, developing the story along with you. You say, okay, here's the parameters. You know, do what you do, do what you do, guys. 
do 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 that who do that you do so well at the game table that's why it happens that's why the story happens at the game table because they're a vital they're a vital part of that i know writing game i know writing games is kind of almost counterintuitive if you were you know like an author or something because you'd be an author with part of the story missing and it's imagine you writing a novel and say part of the story is missing. Oh, the, the 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 readers will fill it in for themselves the way they want to. It's kind of kind of weird anyway. But as I said, I felt like I've been getting sloppy because I, I missed an encounter or two last time or time. I've noticed I missed encounters and things where information needs to be passed along. And I managed to pass it along later. I've I've rarely had to say, okay, guys, I got to retcon this. You should have known this. I've done that before. Don't like doing it. But at the same time, I'm going, why didn't I give them that when I was supposed to? Why didn't this happen? And I think it's sometimes I get a little too involved in the story, in what's going and or or rather, I get too involved with the characters and what they're doing because I love watching a good role play session. I love watching characters doing what the characters are doing, aside from hitting the monster or something like that. And so, and also, I've been glossing over things. Oh, yeah, you're there. Things like that. Things that shouldn't be glossed over. And to me, it comes down to okay, let's take one little example description in a dungeon. Or even out of a dungeon, but I'm going to take the dungeon as an example. You can you can lay this over any to anywhere. Dungeon room descriptions. I've kind of yeah. There's nothing here. Go on. Well, there's got to be something here in this room, even if there's nothing worth looking at. Just say it's a storeroom. Okay, what kind of stuff does it? Well, it's barrels and boxes. What uh, grain, ale, things like that. So, so, and also I believe there should be a certain amount of empty rooms in a dungeon because if it's a working dungeon, if somebody's using it or whatever it is, dungeon, tomb, temple, whatever it is, hideout, if, if people, if things are happening, say it's not a dead dungeon, which is monsters, but, but even then you'd have your share of empty rooms. This thing was here for a purpose. This structure, this dungeon was here originally for a purpose, and it became... See, things, to me, things are not created as dungeons, unless you're making a castle with like a dungeon for a jail down below. Those are the only proper dungeons I know of. But dungeons aren't dungeons just to be a dungeon. People use this for some reason, and... Dungeon is a generic term, I know, but once sometimes once the generic term gets out there, it's a dungeon, it tends to put people in a certain mindset of, oh, okay, this is a, this is a dungeon. This is going to have all sorts of tricks and traps and monsters in it, not necessarily, depending on what they were using it for. So I've, I've kind of challenged myself now at least for a little part of it part of being lazy is i've challenged myself every time i describe a room or i write out a room for my prep 
I want to think up three adjectives to say about this room. Three adjectives, three descriptive words to say about this room. And work them into when I tell them, well, what's in the, they ask what's in the room. Because I find myself not getting them immersive enough. You should be, I'm, I'm not saying you've got to go through every single room and do this. If there's nothing there, there's nothing there. If it's a completely empty room, okay, it's a completely empty room. But what does it smell like? What does it feel like? What is it, you know, that kind of thing. I just say you shouldn't go overboard with this. But this kind of keeps me on track as far as describing the dungeon and their experience in it. So that's that. That's one way to keep myself from being sloppy. Another one would be being more descriptive during combat, during encounters. We do this now. We do this now. My group does. Uh, my, My friend Carlos got me. He started it. And I continued with it where if somebody is we're we're described it helps describe the fights if somebody's swinging at this guy especially somebody fumbles we really get creative with the fumbles (laughs) but one little thing when somebody kills a monster the gm turns to him and says how do you kill him and you let the player tell you how he does the coup de gras and it, it 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 once again it draws people it draws the players back into the story. I'm all for stuff like this. Now, if instead of and also we have another another tradition, instead of doing doing, uh, I mean, yeah, the, he Carlos runs fifth edition, so you have things like you're rolling an advantage, you're rolling a disadvantage, things like that. I don't do that. I'm still the old. You got a plus two to that, or a minus two to that, or something like that. But one thing I do like is if somebody asks me if something is there or can they do this or how a certain situation would turn out if they tried something and they do it or just some knowledge, general knowledge instead of, first of all, I have perception roles in my game. My perception roles are it's add, a, add your intelligence and wisdom together and divide by two. It's the average of your intelligence and wisdom and you roll it like a stat roll. You're all under your under your perception. So we do that. But the one I like, I really like, is if you if there's something where it could go one way or another, I roll a d6 and I look at the player and go odd or even. And if he picks right, it happens. If he picks wrong, it doesn't happen. It's a variation on the Gary's fifty percent rule, but I kind of like it because it it feels it feels right. It makes the decision. It also feels like the player has some buy-in to that decision. They have they have more buy-in into the world, more immersion. So there's a few things to keep yourself from getting sloppy. You might want to take a challenge like I do. So go ahead, use those. I'm going to start my day. So if you want to talk to me about this or anything else, you can drop me an email at oldmangrognard at gmail.com, and I do read. I do watch that inbox for those. You can also send me a voicemail at Anchor, and we're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program. I thank you, and I also thank Oliver and 
and Jonathan for supporting my program. You guys are great. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.